welcome back to the review show, uh, the Whatnots Review Show. This is this is episode one oh three. I'm way too excited. That's why I'm stuttering so much because <laughs> um, it's actually it's actually working. I'm, I'm, I'm trying this new stream technique, and it's it's working, and I'm so stoked. Oh, okay. good. Um, here we are. Live and direct with another episode of our podcast uh, where we get together and pick a new story every single week. Mm -hmm. Could be a comic, could be a manga, movie, TV show, who knows? We rate it, we watch it, do what we have to do, come back here and talk about it. Uh, My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined as always by Melissa Wilkinson. Yes. How are you? I'm good. I made a crunch wrap for dinner. Oh, nice. A with homemade crunch wrap sup- supreme. It was supreme. It had sour cream on it, which I believe is what designates something as supreme. I don't really? know if there's other qualifiers. <laughs> that might be it. I don't know. That's what it if, means in my own mind. It just comes it, with like an extra wild. condiment or two. Yeah, huh. with less access to fast food, I have to figure out how to make it in my own kitchen. Well, there you go. I I say that's a success if you oh, got yeah. to make your own with that one. Uh, bes- besides that, how has your week been? Well, uh, it's same. I don't know. <laughs> same old, same old. Sounds yeah. about right. My week cook, was kind of blah. Clean. Yeah. Yeah cleaning <laughs> stuff like that it's important <sighs> okay well uh let's see we are here <laughs> to talk about volumes one through three of the heroic legend of arslan um this is a manga that i've actually seen the anime adaption mm. of uh, I, I had not read the manga and i saw that it was on comiXology unlimited uh so i thought hey why not pitch that that would be a fun one to do um but you ended up picking this one of the three that i pitched (laughs) why did you pick this one because you said it was a fantasy story which is one of my favorite genres but not one of yours so i thought i would take these opportunities as they are rarely given to me yeah um it's yeah it's I heard you say fantasy, and then I was like, did I say it was fantasy? Because I, I don't like know if I did. described it as fantasy. And it's not really what it is. This is a series that feels like it should have way more magic in it than it does. There's, yeah, like, there's, no magic. That, I, well, there there might be a character that ends up doing, quote, unquote, magic, but yeah. it's, like, what you would expect of, like, in like just a period piece where they yes. just didn't understand how things worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just a scientist, but nobody has that word yet. So like yeah. he's a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoy this one. Not so much mm. for the fantasy aspects. I think this is as fantasy as it gets for me, really. I mean, I, uh, mm. well, that's not, true but yeah it's not really fantasy but it has the trappings of so many other things that go along with fantasy 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, it has knights and it has big old yeah. battles and kings and princes and yes. secret cults and who knows what. And, yeah. it, you know, there's all, all sorts of stuff like that. But I, I think for me, what really drew me to this story when I just happened to watch it on a whim, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, these characters look like full metal alchemist characters, which yes. they were based off designs of the same creator. Um, so I watched it and I was like, ooh, this is good. That They have the whole like <laughs> chess game thing yeah. going on here where it's this coming of age tale uh, about a prince and and he is kind of exiled from his kingdom and then he has to like figure out how to get things back <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and stay alive so it's 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 an interesting one it's it's more of a pseudo political thriller yeah more action thriller it's political thriller junior sure yes <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so i i enjoyed it a lot and yeah reading the the manga i think seemed to go a lot faster than Hmm. what the show seemed like it was doing i've been talking a lot though (laughs) what did you think (laughs) no you haven't no i liked it it is uh like i said i'm a big fantasy person and even if the story doesn't totally get there it is enough of other things that feel familiar to me that sure. I was able to latch on to it. It is a it is an interesting story. Like it uh I like the way it does its tone. Like it is a young adult story about a a prince who's 11 when we start and then he's 14 for most of the story. Mm-hmm. So it's like really approachable at that level, but then also they don't pull any punches when it's time for a battle scene. Or for, like, some guys to sword fight. Like, there's a couple real brutal blows in this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it can be gruesome, but then there's also these real heartwarming little moments. That's something I really appreciated about this book. It was really well-rounded. It did a little bit of everything and did it pretty well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. Um but yeah, let's let's do a synopsis, which I kind mm. of already did. Uh, but we'll we'll do a yeah better one here. So, the heroic legend of Arslan uh, mm. focuses around a young prince named Arslan, um, who is next in line to be king, but he for one reason or another maybe just isn't feeling it or feels like he's not going to be the king that his father wants him to be yeah it's Um, an important part of the story that neither of his parents seem to care for him or for each other yeah like his his dad's his dad's just like "Ah, i'm going off to battle me and my soldiers and you stay home and then train with the old vizier and Arslan's just like, oh, okay, dad. And he doesn't like training. It's boring to him. Like, he kind of wishes he could be the brave warrior, but he's not quite up to it, partially because there's nobody around him to really root him on that much. He doesn't have a great support system. Not really. Uh, But 
during that time from when we first see him to about when he's 14. Mm. I think you said he was 11 when we first yeah. saw him and 14 when we see him next. Um, there is a war that starts uh, and there's a big battle that's about to happen right outside the the, the like main city there. Uh, and mm. this is about to be the prince's first battle. And they go out, they ride out to battle everything goes wrong yeah uh, and basically the city is under siege um and the prince is exiled uh well kind of like a like a just victim of circumstances yeah like he's just left behind like he, he gets too far away from the main battle and then the rest of the soldiers and the king and everybody just kind of lose track of him. And there was like yeah. one guy who's been appointed to like, I'm going to watch out for the prince. And the two of them kind of get whisked away to safety somewhere else apart from the rest of the army. Yeah. Uh, and so he not only has to work his way back home, but mm -hmm. uh, just work his way at kind of regaining the kingdom that he belongs to too because it's in shambles and there's uh betrayal and there's yeah. all sorts of like weird secret villains who is this person um they it, it does one of my favorite things in anime where the bad guy is behind a mask he has a like <laughs> like some like silver yeah. mask and, and and that's his n n name in this they call him silver mask uh just uh -huh. like char asnerble from mobile suit gundam um so like it, it yeah it's it, it pushes a lot of buttons for mm. me that i like it has a little bit of the political stuff has some action it has some comedy uh it has some good characters mm -hmm. uh, and, and just some some good character moments there but uh we read the first three volumes and i think this actually was a really great stopping point yeah for for all of that um fun fact if you did not know this is actually based mm -hmm. off of a series of novels mm -hmm. um, i just read that and and I believe there was a manga adaption mm -hmm. created in, like, early 90s. Uh, but then the one we read is a okay. much more recent. Uh, is a much more recent ad 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 adaption. And the first three volumes that we read cover the first novel. Okay. Of, of that makes books. sense. Harry's. I think there's, uh, what does this say, like 16 book series? I don't know where I saw that. Yes, 16. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it just serendipitously happened to stop right at a good good spot. I was like, oh, this is a good spot yeah. to stop. Good spot to be like, but it's also a cliffhanger. What happens yeah, next? Yeah. So, there we go. Do you have anything else to add? Mm, I think that's a good that's a good setup. Yeah. Cool. Cool. We will uh, move on to a little bit of housekeeping then, and then we will get into spoiler territory uh, and start talking a little bit more in depth about the book. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. Um, 
you guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in The Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. Um, my mind just went blank. Uh, okay, here's more stuff you can know about us. Um, you, you would think after 103 episodes <laughs> I would have this down. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have other podcasts. You can listen to our chat show, The Captain's Log. You can listen to Crossplay, Kyle's video yeah. game show. Uh, find all these podcasts. Find all these video feeds on YouTube. If you were listening to this as a podcast, wow, surprise. We record the video feeds too, usually. And we put those up on our YouTube page so you can watch us do these things. Yeah. And some of these we stream live. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you guys like what we do, uh, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you guys can get access to episodes early. Mm-hmm. You guys can get on the live streams of this yeah. episode or this podcast, I should say. Um, and we would also like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at our $5 tier. Uh, so thank you, Sam, uh, who has been supporting us for quite a bit and was just recently on an episode of the Captain's Log with us. Which is not a Patreon, uh, reward tier. Sam is just an old friend of mine. (laughs) So she was, she was a guest in that capacity. Exactly. Um, I think that about wraps us up for housekeeping. I should say I am testing out this new thing. It seems mm-hmm. to be working okay at times. Right now the stream seems to be a little choppy, even though it's telling me it's fine. And I don't mm-hmm. think I was recording the start of the video. Uh, so we'll figure it out. We'll go from there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get into Spoilers. Of course, I forgot to update the spoiler oh, no. graphic, and it's like all messed up and humongous. Uh. Uh, but <laughs> there you go. We'll we'll just roll with it. Yeah. Okay. Spoilers. Melissa, I'm yeah. tossing to you. What okay. what stood out about this to you? Is there a spot that you want to jump in first? Ah, uh, I want to talk about the big mystery quote-unquote mystery of the story because you meet Arslan, sweet, innocent little boy. He's worried about his dad's approval. His dad comes in. His dad looks nothing like him. Right, yeah. He's this, like, <laughs> like big butch macho man with, you know, just, like, mean-looking face. Just, but not even like that. Like, the fact that he's, like, a stylized macho burly king and Arslan's just, like... Uh, a Hanson. He's just like a little teen idol boy. Like it's beyond that. It's like bopper. <laughs> you look at it. It's like that cannot possibly be his real dad. Like that's the game here. That's why this guy hates Arslan. He knows that's not his son. And then when you meet the mom, the mom is also very cold and standoffish and doesn't hardly talk to either of them. And it's like, okay, all right. She's like. Uh, Not in a mean bother- way, but in a more like, I'm just distancing myself from this yes, whole situation. Yes, she's ve- yeah, she's not malevolent. She doesn't kind of you know tease the boy or neglect him uh, like the king does. But you're right, it is more distant. And so you're mm-hmm. starting to get this picture put together of, 
okay, the queen had an affair. Her and the king are still mad at each other about it. He hates Arslan. She also has a, a, a distant relationship with Arslan, you know, doesn't really know how to deal with him, even though it's right. been 11, 14 years. <laughs> so you've got very quickly, you get that picture. And then I think one of the knights or like royal court advisors makes a mention to Daryun, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Are you t- talking about the knight? That's the yeah, knight like that he- was, is sent to be pr- 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 okay. protecting. I knew it was- <laughs> There's Arslan. so many assorted knights that uh, show up and honestly get killed off pretty easily. But Daryun's the main knight. Like somebody remarks to him like, would you say that the prince looks more like his mother or his father? And he's like, well, well, his mom. So you would say that the prince does not look like the king at all then. Okay, I want you to think about that. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, just hold that thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold Keep on to that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this other um, truly exiled court member that keeps being referred uh-huh. to as like used to be an ally of the king they had too many disagreements but he had been too honorable to just kill so the king's like i'm exiling you and Darion's like one of the few people who's still friends with this guy and will travel and go out and see him and when they're separated from the big battle he's like okay well this guy he's not too far from here i know we can trust him i'm taking you to go see that guy and the second he opens the door it's like oh that's the dad that's the real dad that has to be him and then you don't get anything more about it for like the next two books in the series for a, a series that was a pretty quick read i was surprised that this story thread like got laid dormant so quickly and didn't get picked back up again yeah um so so yeah so so you thought this this uh narciss is, is narciss his, yes his his name um so you thought he he's going to be the father, turns out. <laughs> yeah, like it, it okay. narratively kind of fits into that missing puzzle piece. This is why the guy probably was exiled. Like the king's like, I can't stand to look at you. And maybe the queen's like, no, he's the father of my child. Spare his life. And the king's like, well, I'll just exile him then. Like, it fits in. The guy looks more like Arslan. He's got more of that sort of warm, whimsical vibe to him that Arslan kind of shares. I also reserved space for, well, all we know is that he just looks vaguely like Arslan. Maybe the queen is a long-lost brother or something, like... And that, li- like, he's like he's the illegitimate child of some previous royal, and that's why he's hidden away. Like, oh, we can't let anybody know that's the queen's brother. That's why he looks like Arslan. It's his uncle or something. I'm like, could be one of these things. No, well, we gotcha. don't know yet. They're, like, they're not talking about it anymore. Like, it seems like here, look, an advancement here, the next plot, the next step in that storyline, and it just. It leaves it there. Uh, we don't talk more about who Arslan's dad might be. But the book does kind of go to this spot where where it's it's not necessarily about the prince's lineage. Um, yeah, there there is more mystery within the like there is. family of just like what happened in the in the, in the past and and stuff like that. Like we don't really know because yeah, it's like okay if. 
the current king is not his father. Who is the king right now? Who mm. and you know where's the rest of his family? Um, and all, all of that stuff. And then uh, by the end of these three volumes, uh, again, spoiler alert, we find out that basically the main villain, Silver Mask, is mm. the king's nephew. Um, yeah, he killed his... Um... Oh, this is the same plot as Black Panther. Like, he killed his dad, so there's been this other basically. son. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Except Didn't here even it's like about that. an adult man and like a wide-eyed, innocent 14-year-old boy. These are our two opponents. Yeah. Um, and and may, maybe, I, I don't remember because it's been a while since I've seen the anime. So I don't remember what happens past all of this stuff or like how it exactly all plays out but uh yeah like i i i i don't know if he's a character that you end up wanting to root for or not of like oh you actually have a legitimate claim to the throne here uh you know in in black panther you're you're like oh the king fucked up Mm -hmm. this guy actually should be king like i want to root for for the the bad guy here right mm-hmm. uh but in this manga he's still yeah he's he's more vengeful than yes n- than he is just like hey you guys screwed me <laughs> yeah and the king killed his uh his i think it's his older brother i think he does kill him like just straight for power reasons like it's not any kind of like we've disagreed about how to rule the kingdom and i think that your ideas will be bad mm-hmm. for the kingdom so i'm going to do away with you like there's no scrap of nobility to it it is just a my want to be the only king. very cold yes yeah so yeah. we do have that storyline uh, we, we we do get one mention of a fire in in the past um we, we, we don't see yeah. it, but it's another one of those, like, hey, do you think Arslan looks like the king? No? <laughs> yeah. Me neither. The, there, there is this, like, there was that one mysterious fire that mm-hmm. one time. Remember that? That was weird. And and then we see this villain, Silver Mask, who has this mask on his face. Mm-hmm. And when it finally falls off, his face is all burned. Mm. Um, and, and, and so you can kind of put two and two together. Yeah. It's like, oh, they thought he was the dead nephew that they <laughs> mentioned that one time, but he's still alive. Surprise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No. J- so Arslan's parentage being in question, which is something he does not question. Arslan does not think, boy, it's weird that I don't look like my dad. That's entirely like other characters in the story and the audience. As far as Arslan ever believes, that is his dad. He doesn't question or, it. At, at least it's it's something we don't see. Like it's not right. necessarily relevant to his journey at this time. Yeah, if it is something that he has wondered about, the story has not led us into this yet. So this is not a question in his mind, but it's a, a question framed to the audience. And uh, I just thought it was interesting that it is sort of like introduced, 
and then we're going to let this, let, we're going to really simmer this for a while. This is on the back burner. We've added mm-hmm. more burners to the stove, so it's all the way back there. Like, you yeah. can't even see it. Don't worry about it. Who's his dad? We'll tell. We'll talk to you in several volumes. Like, exactly. that's how much it gets to be downplayed, which seems purposeful. Not like, whoops, we forgot about the storyline. Like, no, we're going to introduce this. It's way back there. We're going to bring it back when we need it back, and that's not right now. But it yeah. seemed like that, that seems such a clean and easy coming of age plot point my dad's not my real dad who is my dad is this person my dad like that seems like something that would become a large portion of the story and it doesn't which again this isn't bad i just think it's interesting that the story is not going where i think it's going to go the things that well, seem mind, important are all we delayed. only read a, a small snapshot so we, we read did. the first three volumes, and I think there's 12 uh, in this okay. manga. Um, Still, so you... we got, like, just the start. Basically, <laughs> it's like, here's the setup, okay? It, it is a setup. Uh, I, I just, in another story, I would have expected these elements to be more heavily part of the story earlier on. And I did appreciate that it's uh, not exactly what I'm expecting, that the pacing is a little mm. bit off in an interesting purposeful way yeah yeah it's it's i I think it ends up being more so about his journey like Mm -hmm. how how does he become the king that he you know is wanting to be where he is he's like okay i'm 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 gonna stay with this knight who's here to protect me he has me meet no, 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 Narcissus, and he's a tactician. He's a politician, right? Mm-hmm. He knows how to use strategy. He goes, huh? I think I can do that. Yeah, or I can like, I can have you on my side, and maybe we can, you know, it's like because I, I don't necessarily see eye to eye with the current king. So mm-hmm. let's talk. Let's figure something else out. And I think he values that. And then he's like, okay, based off your strategies, what else do we need? Who else? do we need you know um and and he starts like building up his team to make his grand entrance back in and be like the throne is mine now yeah (laughs) these first three volumes are about assembling the squad which i like i like that he is taking on narciss as you're a trusted advisor of mine you're a nice compatriot i'd like to have you around please join my band of warriors (laughs) you're looking for it to be like you know, I relate to you in ways that I've never related to my own father. Yeah. That's <laughs> what you're looking for. And it's, it's kind of a... It's kind I, of a pleasant I, I, I would surprise. Just, yeah. <laughs> so, it's kind of so a pleasant sorry, surprise that you don't find what connection. you're looking for. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, I, I was going to say it like, it's not that... Arslan is completely clueless of just like, yeah. I don't know what to do. Everyone help me. He's yeah. he's smart and he kind of is just by life experience starting to form his own ideas and stuff. He already knows he's like, I don't like slavery. Like I have seen that in my kingdom and it makes no sense. And and so when he's when he kind of first meets Narciss and he's like, 
what would you do about slavery? It's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, he's actually kind of testing him t- t- to see if, 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 if like this is someone that he actually d- 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 does want on yeah. his t- team. So he's not completely like, oh God, what do I do? I no, this little yeah, kid in a big, big world. <laughs> yeah, he's got, uh, he does have a little bit of wisdom to him. You're mm-hmm. right. He's got more of a mind for strategy than he does for any battle tactics. Or, or any actual like more so fighting. like common yeah. sense yes yeah yeah he's a he's a thoughtful empathetic character in the way that a lot of the people around him haven't been mm-hmm. yeah uh so let's dive into another aspect of mm. this story uh so the kingdom or the it's this <laughs> it's the kingdom of pars yeah. The royal city is Ekbatana. Uh, yeah. And then the kingdom that they're at war with is Lusitania, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is, like is the ship. Their name? Sure. I, I don't know what ship that is. The, the Lusitania. It a was ship. a ship that was sunk and it was like one of the leadoff points to like World War One or Two, I think. Uh, like somebody hit, like somebody hit this one boat and then somebody else was like, that's it. We're having a war. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's invited. Come on now. I, I don't remember any of the other parts of it, but that did stick out to me as this is a okay, well-known pre-existing word among all of these other uh, fantasy things that are not recognizable. If they are taken from something, I didn't recognize what it was. So I I can't speak for the original novels that this is mm. based off of because they, they were written by someone else. Uh, but I know based off uh what, what is her name i need to look up her name uh the creator of full metal alchemist uh where was it hiromu arakawa uh-huh um she's done a number of of things but full metal alchemist in particular is her like big yeah. one and that one is it's it has a lot, lot of the same stuff that this one <laughs> has but a lot of the things that are going on in that show are kind of i guess allegories or metaphors for it's mm-hmm. like oh okay this is like a fake me out germany uh, <laughs> these guys are the jews that they like persecuted and and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and these guys are those all right so i kind of see what's happening here mm. and i i don't know if she picked this work because it had similar themes in that way where she could be like okay this is kind of like the persians yeah. i don't know their name is pars i don't know how much that yeah holds up but it's like i i wonder if there's more to it than i know of of just like maybe there's a metaphor here mm-hmm. this is actually supposed to be that country yeah so. Yeah, I was curious about this. I don't again, I don't know if this is something you said or if my brain just plugged in information from previous stories like this that I have read that mm-hmm. I was imagining before I started the series for the books to be set in a more like European sort of landscape, like sort of gotcha. inspired more by like Western Europe. You know, so many English, French-inspired fantasy novels, maybe. This is a lot more across, like, kind of Eastern Europe and, like, a a lot Mm -hmm. of the Asian continent 
it yeah. pulls a lot of different cultural seeming references, which was a nice surprise. It isn't it to was, me. It didn't yeah. seem to have like one clear allegory to like a country that I was able to read. I'm not a, uh, I don't have a great memory for anything that I learned in history class. So maybe it's there. I. <laughs> I mean, I remember um, the name of the Lusitania and that's it. <laughs> Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin. Maybe they kind of just like changed the names and stuff and then like was like, okay, I like you. I'm going to put you yeah. there. I'm going to put you right next to it. And voila, new story. Yeah. Um, but so I, I, I guess what I wanted to get at is this country that they're at war with is mm. they're kind of on a, a crusade. They are yes. more like the crusaders. Um, mm. And they have this kind of religious war. It's like, we have the one and only God, and we must conquer everyone else so that you all believe in this one and only God. Mm. Um, what did you think about the religious aspect in this book? I wasn't expecting it. Which, again, I, I, I think all the surprises I found in this book were nice surprises. It gave me a lot of stuff okay. I hadn't seen before or hadn't seen in this kind of context, uh, for this kind of age range before. Like I said, this is a story about a young adult prince, and most of the content of the story is like uh, fairly young adult. Like you give this like a 12 year old pretty easily. The fact that it does have more serious philosophical stuff in it was, oh, it's an interesting touch. And we didn't get to see a lot of that quite pay off yet, but it introduces some neat yeah. things. I like when. Um, at the beginning of the story, and not quite a prologue, but it's for that couple chapters where Arslan is still 11 before it jumps ahead in time, and then he's 14 for the whole rest of the story. There is a, uh, like a prisoner of war, like this child soldier that's brought to his capital city and is going to be put into the slavery program. And I think there's some other kids, there's some other local kids that are going to go throw rocks at this poor slave boy and Arson's walking around and he tries to stop them like no be nice to that kid and then it, like it looks like the kid like attacked um, like the slave boy attacked those other kids throwing the rocks and then he's like he tried to escape and the, it, him and Arson just like run off they kind of run across the city together for a while and they have this interesting little like uh, <laughs> 11 year old meeting of the minds where Arson's like uh, I, I think it, it shows that our kingdom is mighty because we have the slaves. And look, they have a. And he's just parroting back everything he's ever heard an adult say to him. And he's like, they have a better life here than they would in their own home countries where we got them from. And the other boy's like, are you kidding me? Like, look around you. Like, this isn't working. This is terrible. And the yeah. boy starts talking about the religion from where he grew up and how. It's like, well, you know, the, the God that I live under would never allow this to happen. This God believes that we should love everyone, except for the people that believe in the separate other version of the same God. Like, they're yeah. wrong. We can like kill each, them. <laughs> and then Arslan, like, looks at the boy. Like, each of them have this moment of, I am parroting back something I have heard an adult say to me. I have been absolutely indoctrinated into this. And they have a moment mm -hmm. where they, like verbally saying it out loud to a new person who has not been aware of, oh, this is the way we live our lives. They kind of step back and, oh, does that make sense? <laughs> right, yeah. Which Just I like, liked. 
that sounds weird when you say it yeah. out loud. <laughs> Which I liked as a coming of age milestone. That it's this is one of this sure. is one of his first tests to becoming yeah, a grown up and a king is to stop and really think about things that he has been told and tell it to other people and get feedback and reinvestigate it and find out is this right or can we do this a better way? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not something that I think the book handles very subtly, mm, but no. I don't think it necessarily needs to. Like it, mm. it's 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 on the nose with a lot of stuff. Uh it's over dramatic in a lot of stuff too, mm-hmm. too. like there is the one uh the the one guy on the front lines of the lucentania uh, mm-hmm. people who's just like like burn all of the books and the sacred texts <sighs> like our god will and he's just that like guy. The, turned up to 200 and I it, that it, guy he's okay so I don't want to say like I love that guy because he's a terrible person yeah. but he's an interesting character not in that he has any nuance or depth to him at all but like you said he's just turned up to 11 and the way he's illustrated like there's such a madness in his eyes and it even goes to the yeah. word bubble like his dialogue is written in like this scratchier pen than everybody else's is like mm-hmm. i like the way his characterization was executed and how they really put all the tools they had to work to get the point across to you like this guy is uh absolutely off his rocker yeah um what i i just kind of realized is this is a story of opposites Mm-hmm. of like you have the like mighty strong warrior king and then the like small puny yeah. prince boy who's just like i'm not good at fighting and then you have the like the very cultured civilization and then the mm-hmm. barbarians but yes. the barbarians have religion these mm-hmm. ones don't and yeah. it's it, and it, it, it's just this like you see these wild and crazy caricature like characters, mm. and then you see like a r- relationship between Arslan and um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's like Itoil, Itule or something. I, I don't oh. know, but he's the like small slave okay. b- 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 boy that you see at right. first, Th- and then when we see him for- again, he's a Lusitanian soldier. Thanks for reminding me what his name is. I looked up the description of the story on Wikipedia, and it only gives you, like, the main six characters. Gotcha. I I had no access to the other ones. I I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, but... um, Etoile? Yeah, something like that. But their relationship ends up being a lot more nuanced and a lot more subtle of of just, like, hey, you're actually someone my age that... Mm -hmm. I feel on the same level with when I actually do put strategy out there or an argument. Um, Whereas like when he's with Narciss, he knows that Narciss is smarter, right? Yes. But if he talks to uh, Narciss's servant, I don't remember Mm -hmm. his name. Uh, He's he's just like, oh, I just had it. Elam. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure, but, uh, it, like, when, when he's talking to 
him, he can just tell it's like, okay, you don't care about this stuff. So I can't yeah. really talk to you either, even though you're my age. <laughs> and then there's this, like, I was going to say, like, sibling rivalry, but he's they aren't siblings. But mm-hmm. just this rivalry with someone on the opposite side. He's like, mm. you're also my age. We don't believe the same things. Why we do you are- believe the stuff you believe? We are yeah. peers. Like, that is the first, maybe the first person Arslan's had in his life. Because it doesn't seem like there's other children around the palace. He's an only child. It doesn't Not seem many. like there's any cousins or, like, he has his own, like, squire or anything like that. Like, it seems like he's really cut off from other children. He's, yeah, like, he's just around all these adults. So even if this other child's from a vastly different background and set of beliefs, they're still peers to each other. Yeah, but it's it's all of these opposites. They're like, here's mm. the extreme stuff. Here's the very subtle yes. stuff. Here's the big giant thing. Here's the big, big small thing that I think makes it makes those more extreme things that are very on the, the on the, on the nose or aren't handled very mm. adeptly. I I feel like it makes it work better. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not trying to say anything specific by just including it, but then it's the contrast of like, oh, okay, you can see the madness in this one dude, and then you can see on the opposite end, here's someone who's a lot more calm and stuff like that. And it's just like, huh, okay, this is interesting to follow, and I think it makes for a lot of really complex dynamics yeah and uh, we also see an opposite in another pair of characters we haven't gotten to yet which is Giev, uh who's like the traveling bard and con man and then uh pharangus mm-hmm. pharangus I, I think it's pronounced pharangus pharangus okay if i if i if i remember from the anime i believe it's pronounced pharangus or like pharangus okay. Okay, she is this, uh, just like an acolyte in some sort of a kind of religious organization somewhere that is like, uh, has ties to the Parsian royal family. Like, she's like a monk, like training somewhere. Yeah. And like, because the, uh, like a donation was made to the monastery in King, in, um, in Arslan's name when like <laughs> when things are falling apart like what are the superiors like sends her out like we, you are our best warrior we are going to send you out like go find the prince and keep an eye on him with all your warrior stuff we've taught you to do like this is what you should be using it for she's something like that yeah. <laughs> so you've got Kiev who is a con man like he's all trickery he's all lies he's super suave and he's all words like he doesn't do much hand to hand combat He's just trying he's to like poet, and he's just yeah. Like, By the light of your beauty, it is this and that, and you like a dewdrop in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just trying to lie and charm his way out of everything, and then you get him and Ferengis together, and she's uh, physically trained, like she is a warrior, and personality-wise, yeah. she is very just like blunt to the point. No ego to her, whatever. Like, Yev's very mm. bombastic, you know, kind of full of himself and 
if Ringus is just stating very basic facts, like, I think my... <laughs> she says something that, like, uh, maybe she wasn't chosen. Maybe that, like, the other people at her monastery or whatever it was said, oh, she should go. Gav she's asked kind one. of the black sheep. Yeah, and one of the things she says is, I think they were all jealous of how attractive I am. And it's not a brag. It's just, like, a flat, basic statement. Yeah. Is, and she is, like amazing figure wearing like this really skimpy costume <laughs> like picture uh-huh. like a fantasy pinup woman painted on the side of a van this is what she looks like so the fact that she says it is just this like blank flat state it might have been that why people didn't like me she's like but i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah they're she they're the good only one they're dressing characters. like that we don't know <laughs> we She's intru- yeah. she's like the last of the major cast members to get introduced, so we don't know very much about her yet. And we've seen her interact with Giev, but she's like just gotten to meet like uh, Arslan and Daryun and Narcissus and everybody else. So we're gonna see how that uh, how she fits in with the rest of the team and how that team of six people kind of coalesces and becomes this legendary band of warriors and a poet and a painter. Yeah. <laughs> who's also very bad at painting (laughs) i do like that he he's a notoriously terrible you do not see his paintings you don't see one brush stroke of him all you see is everybody else's facial expressions reacting to the paintings just like oh god what is that (laughs) it's a nice touch (laughs) yeah it 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 really reminds me of um the characters in full metal mm. alchemist which again is like i don't know how much of this is actually in the books or or how much of this is this creator's adaption of just like well what if he's really bad at painting instead mm-hmm. you know we can add some comedy <laughs> with that um but yeah you, you you get this like wild cast of characters who yeah. have all of these different personalities and quirks and just they, they'll say stupid things or they'll do stupid things and it's just like this is fun like it's fun yeah. to watch them interact and go about their business and do all of that stuff and then for the host of you who, who, who like the action side it's like mm-hmm. oh they have a plan let's see how they how they like make this thing work yeah. and we kind of see one of them. Um, we we don't get to see too much yet in these first three volumes, um, but I I remember from the anime as well the scene where all of the Lucentanian soldiers that are chasing after Arslan or like hunting him, they lead them to this like very narrow pathway that's on yeah. this cliff. Um, and then they're they're they they ambush them there because the horses can't really maneuver in that area or they fall off and so it, they're sitting there like there has to be like a hundred of them and there's like four of them maybe five <laughs> and it's just yeah. like how are they doing this and it's like I love this this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so. Another character that is. An interesting study in opposites and is weirdly like more pleasant than I was expecting 
is the Lusitanian king when like they have finally uh, Ecbatana is falling like they've broken through the gates all these soldiers have been coming through and then finally the king of Lusitania is about to arrive and he's and from this I think you compare them to being kind of like barbarians within the scope of the story where the Parisians are supposed to be the more civilized ones this is the opposite mm-hmm you know, pair that the story is trying to set up. You're expecting some big, terrifying warrior or like a conniving scholar who's got a mind for strategy. And instead they bring in, he's this very large man being carried around by four servants on like this litter. He's being carried around on poles and he's got this real kind of his name is king innocentus like they just spelled it right there's out a couple names that are, yeah. are like right on the nose his name is innocentus his name yes. is narciss okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you get it right away like oh this guy's just a figurehead like he doesn't do anything <laughs> like you, it's right there in front of you like oh his feet don't touch the ground he's not on the front lines he doesn't know what's happening he has no battle skills he doesn't seem to be very smart he's just sort of this big sweet guy it's not terribly sweet but sweeter than you would think again it's just more than what you have been set up to expect and he gets to par- he gets to um Ekbatana and he sees the queen the you know the queen who's been hiding away in the castle and he falls for the queen and he's like well if i am going to become emperor of all these lands i think i need an empress it's like i'm still single it's i can get it done and the fact that he's not he's there's no power to the man at all he never is like there's no edge to him there's no lust he looks at her and like blushes just like oh Oh, pretty lady. Oh, I hope she likes me. <laughs> and it never occurs to him that he's like, well, if I'm the new emperor, I could just command her to marry me. Like, there's nothing like that. He, like, very cautiously approaches her and is very nervous about asking her, like, well, my uh, people say that I should have somebody to rule by my side if you would do me yeah. the honor. Like, he's taking it so sincerely which you would never expect like it never occurs to this man like that he could boss anybody around like he's a figurehead that like doesn't like he can't like he doesn't even know what a position of power he's supposed to be in he never attempts anything close to power he's just a guy and a yeah. crown is all he is yeah <laughs> yeah which by the way in my head i don't well i i don't remember what his voice sounds like in the anime but in my head he sounds like augustus saint cloud from burrows excuse me queen would you do me the honor of being my empress the people say that i need to take an empress (laughs) not a bad choice not a bad choice at all but this introduces us to to the story where he wants to marry the the queen and like his brother is his royal advisor he has some like people in his cabinet they're all like oh you can't marry that lady she's cursed and they tell the story about how she was once uh 
like this happened to her before. Like she was also like the prize of a, a kingdom that had been trampled and she was supposed to marry this incoming prince. And then like the other prince killed his brother so that he got to marry her. And then he ended up dying. And then somehow she came to, you know, the Akbatana and she married this king. So all of these guys have this notion in their head, like, oh, no, this lady's cursed. Like, the last kingdom she was a part of fell. This kingdom is falling. I mean, we are destroying the kingdom. But, like, this lady seems like bad luck. They're like, the king, he can't marry her. We don't want this woman as an empress. Someone talk him out of it. Which is a, a really neat story twist. I haven't seen that before of just... We think this lady is a bad luck charm. Don't do it. And this is introduced just briefly enough. And we don't hear her her side of the story. We don't know what Queen Tahamene, what her perspective on all these events has been. She's very closed off to other characters and to us as the audience. We never get to Uh see like a real peek inside of who she really is. So this this plot thread kind of leaves it open to where... Is this urban legend? You know, is it all these men just being mean to this woman? Like, all these things fell apart around her. It must be her fault. She is cursed. Like, is this all, like, hearsay and panic and prejudice? But there's this, like, little open area of, well, how do we know she isn't magic? We have no proof to tell us otherwise. Is this when the story is going to start pulling out magic things? Like, uh, she is cursed. She is a sorceress. Like, we don't know. She could be anything. Like, we get so little of her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she... I... There there is more stuff with their relationship. Mm. This, uh... The Lusitanian king and princess... Or, I I guess, queen Tahomini? What's the... Tahomini? Her name? But, uh... Yeah, something like that. That's that's one thing this book, I think, goes to, like, level 11 and just is unapologetic for. All of these names are incredibly difficult to pronounce and say. And it's, and it's just like, could you not have picked a name like Tom? King Tom. <laughs> that's fine. Right. Something like, even, like, like that is great. <laughs> like, I'm not a Game of Thrones person. But looking at it from afar, I appreciate that there are breaks where we have all these fantasy names, and then it's like, uh, we know your brain needs a break. This guy's just named Jamie, that that normal name you've heard of. <laughs> yeah, no, but like I like I I actually really like that they mm-hmm. they don't go easy on you. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it it sucks for me, who's terrible at remembering names. Mm-hmm. And I'm just and I'm just like King what Tom? What was his name? I don't know. Uh, but it, like I I like that they do that because again, yeah. there there are certain things in here that is just very blatant and very on the nose of just like oh these guys are a like a stand-in for the Crusaders. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but then there's all like the complexity of these names and there's all this terminology. Like it's not just your n- n- normal knight and squire yeah. and this. They have their own w- 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 words for that. And I'm just like, I like, I like that they're doing that bec- because I I feel like I get more of their culture. Yeah. But at the same time, man, I am struggling to keep up. <laughs> Here's the, and um, when those terms are introduced, 
it is it just with like a little asterisk over to the side in the <laughs> margin telling you this is what this term means uh which as the story goes on i really wish there had just been a dedicated at the beginning of this each volume here's a glossary page so you told me yeah. this once it doesn't come up in a couple chapters i don't remember what it means you didn't remind me of it i don't remember all these different levels of like well this is a cavalry night and this is an infantry night i yeah i yeah it makes sense to me that this series is adapted from a novel because i mm -hmm. think in a novel it's easier to do jargon like this because you're getting narration like within a character's head true like it's easier to use terms like this over and over again and like really drill them into some into like the reader's brain you're going to keep seeing this term like it's easier for you to grasp it if it's got that kind of repetition and like narrative structure to it but when it's only coming up like occasionally in dialogue like i couldn't keep track yeah. of it there's a certain density of a certain density within the novel of just like you're gonna see these terms so much more whereas in a manga or a comic it's like well you you'll probably see them a lot but still just not as much you know and so it's 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 just that much of just like okay keep up you have to figure it out mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I, I i i like that stuff but it is unrelenting yeah um and then something i actually wanted to go back to kind of was uh something else with the with the religious stuff but mm. more so on the slaves like mm. i think what happens with the with the slaves is really interesting um there is a scene where the the lucentanian army is like surrounding the walls of the city and they're all chanting in they're chanting in unison calling out to the slaves like hey fight with us if you convert to our religion we will set you free you will be like a normal person you you can get a job you can have a family you know just be with us right um, mm. and it works. It basically sets the city into chaos, uh, and it helps get the soldiers on the inside. Um, but once the soldiers are on the inside, they still keep the slaves as slaves. No. Yeah. And it sucks. And, and it like, it's, but it, it, it makes for this moment then where the same thing happens again, but to the Lusitanian soldiers where they're sitting there like, hey, you promised we would uh, go free. Uh, what happened to that? You promised us money. Like, you promised us all of this stuff. Where is it? We want it now. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and so they start to rebel and fight back. And it's just things. It's just like, oh, OK, well, uh Maybe things aren't as good on the inside as we thought they were. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, <laughs> um, but I like I I really like moments like that because I think at the end of the day, this book is this kind of back and forth cat and mouse chess yeah. game of like, okay, we make this move, what happens yes. next? Yeah, okay, we're gonna make that move. 
It's like, well, okay, well, because you stepped there, this thing is happening, which then forces us to, to do that. And, you know, it's just like I, like, I like watching all of that unfold. And I think this comic does a great job of explaining it all, of just mm. like, in very simple terms, here is what is ha- 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 happening, um, which... I'm sure, I'm sure you could f- find a lot of similar stuff in something like Game of Th- Thrones. Mm-hmm. But it's so subtle and it's so complicated <laughs> and it's just like you you have to really know politics yeah. and all, all, yeah. all, all, all of that stuff. And this is, is just like, well, they said they would free the slaves and they didn't. So now <laughs> the slaves are mad. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, I can understand that this the yes. simpleton that I am. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like I said, I think this is a good. Uh, I'm going to keep using the word fantasy, even if it's not exactly the right term, because this sort sure. of medieval historical battle goes along with fantasy a lot, and with um, uh, young adult like coming of age tales. I feel like you don't maybe get as many of those in non fantasy historical dramas. Yeah, quite like this one. Uh, it is a good story for a younger audience not too young but like I said this is like a good like middle school level story Mm -hmm. and that it is it does have a cat and mouse game that is a little bit more simplified A leads to B there aren't tons of threads for you to keep a hold of there's a lot of characters but uh, many of them are just sort of soldiers and advisors that are just sort of in and out they serve a purpose somebody kills them here's another guy to like deliver more exposition somebody kills him like i think you get a sense of oh i don't think i need to pay attention to this guy uh i won't need yeah. to remember his name four chapters from now <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. so what is, is is there is there something about this that you did not like ah or you wished you saw more uh, 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 of I was talking earlier about uh Ferengeis. Mm-hmm. Is that the pronunciation we landed on? <laughs> She's interesting. Ferengeis, I don't know. She's interesting, but she comes in towards the end of volume three, which again is all that we read. But until she showed up, I kept waiting for are we gonna get any girls in this? And I'm uh, I am a female reader who is more comfortable with a large male cast of characters. It's not something I typically uh-huh. mind. But when it, we have gone a long stretch with nobody except for the standoffish queen and her couple handmaidens that don't really say anything. Yeah. Because, are there any um, uh, like local girls that start fighting? Does anybody have a sister somewhere is there any is there kind of one one girl please uh one is all i need it's like oh good okay finally we got one and 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 then you got the the one side character the nun that was getting busy with uh what's his well, name she's not, no she's a she's not a nun she's like a lady in waiting for the queen seems like she, she's like um uh, a Natalie Portman in the Phantom Menace. Like, she's just oh, okay, wearing yeah. the sort of headdress huh. thing that looks vaguely like a nun, but she's just, like, part of the Queen's squad. So she can go yeah. out there and sleep with a prince, I guess, if she wants to. Yeah, but, it, like, it still was was just this, like, you probably shouldn't have been doing that, huh? Okay. Yeah. 
Well, good for you. Good for her. Like you, I like that little <laughs> sprinkle where like in it, it's Giev coming in saying, he's like, yes, I am but a, a traveling bard coming through your city. And then this handmaiden's like, hold on. This is not what this guy said to me the other night. He told me he was a prince. He whined me and dined me. I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to admit it to you. Just to corner this guy and saying, what's your deal, dude? Why do you keep lying to everybody? Who's the real story? Yeah. I'm not going to let you lie to my queen like this. Yeah. I like that little dash. I'd like more of, I hope we do get, you know, did, you may, having seen the anime, know a little bit more about where the story goes than I do. But I would like to see what is the queen's perspective on things and who uh -huh. are the women that she chooses to have around her are they friends is the queen friends with anybody are these handmaidens at least friends with each other like do they even if the queen doesn't talk to them do they talk about the queen what are their observations yeah that's a good thing to mention there are not many women in this comic if i do remember Correctly, yeah, you do get more of the queen's side of uh -huh. things and her story, her backstory, how she fits in uh, with all of that. And I think there are some more women characters that come mm -hmm. up. Um, but again, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. um, but you're you're right. There's not there's not much of them oh, in there and i don't necessarily um, mind but... like the minimal role that the queen plays i think her being a mystery is really intriguing i like just what a a weird uh complete open storyline she could be like i said earlier it's like yeah. well are these people just spreading rumors about her or is there's something, something fantastical to them saying, I think she's cursed. Like it's, we know so little about her that anything could be true. And that open-endedness is pretty exciting. <laughs> mm -hmm. If she was more fleshed out, uh, who knows if it would be as exciting as just the mystery of whoever the heck she could be. Yeah. So I don't mind that the queen is downplayed, but I was like reading about Ekbatana being besieged and everybody's in battle. And I'm like, is there just like one milkmaid who's like, well, I'm going to learn to fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that would be, that would be great. If, if I had to say uh, something that I didn't like, um, you know, honestly, I, I think this moves faster than I would mm -hmm. like. I kind of want to spend more time with the characters mm. because they they are really funny and they're yeah. fun to be around. But there's so much happening that you kind of jump around from thing to thing a lot. Um, and that can be a little bit jarring. It's not bad, uh, but it, it's, it's you know, it, it makes for a, a story that's really exciting. Um, but I think... Yeah, like I, I, I just like give me more moments like this scene where Arslan runs into uh, Itule or so, who, whatever his name was, yeah. at the stream, and they're talking, yeah. and he, he just he hands him that Bible. Uh, that yeah. Like, like he, here are the actual teachings of my yes. religion and stuff like that. Like that was a great character moment. But I want more of them. Give me more. Yes. Slow it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like I would like to learn more about uh, uh, 
Daryun, like what his past is, why he's yeah. still such good friends with Narciss all these years, like things like that would be nice. Yeah. Um, something I would like to see more of, I think would be, well, I guess that's the same thing as like stuff I thought was <laughs> not so great. So I will move on from okay. that stuff. Uh, do you have anything else to say, add something else you want to talk about? I think just as a, a concluding remark, I'd like to mention that the artwork in these books is nice. It's just very, very good. clean, simple lines, but all the characters are still really expressive. The first time you see Arslan, he's really endearing. He's got these big, innocent eyes, but it's not so far that it's like cartoony he doesn't look like yeah. bambi or something like it was a nice line that they wrote in making him this wide-eyed innocent boy without it being mm-hmm. real over the top like that it's a really well illustrated book indeed indeed um if you had recommendations what might you recommend to <sighs> someone who liked this okay so you remember on the captain's log some weeks ago, we were talking about uh, like favorite books or favorite stories of any kind that we yeah. return to throughout our lives. And I mentioned this fantasy book series called the Night Runner series. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, that same author, which is in the Night Runner series is this medieval fantasy series about these, uh, these two thieves that are like clandestine spies for the queen, these sort of thriller books. But the author within this same fantasy world wrote a separate series that takes place in the same world centuries earlier. Like the Night Runner books, they make allusions to this queen of the past. And then the author's like, I want to tell that queen's story. Just cool. take this little bit of like window dressing exposition. I want to write three books about that lady. That's awesome. <laughs> so that series of books, it's called the Tamir Triad by Lynn Flewelling. And the first book is called the Bone Dolls Twin. And the story of these books is that in this kingdom, uh, there was a prophecy centuries ago that said, you need a line of queens. Uh, if, you're rule- if the kingdom is ruled over by a line of queens, you're going to be safe forever. So this previous uh, patriarchal royal society was like, okay, well, listen to the oracle. Qu- princess, how old are you? Like 15? You're the queen now. You're ruling all of us. How do we do battle, ma- miss, ma'am, queen? <laughs> So that <laughs> you like battle, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like that happened and this has been going on for years and years and years until there's this one queen who has all of these disasters befall her reign. There's plagues, uh-huh. there's uh, drought and famine and all of this. And she has the son who says, you know, maybe that oracle back then was wrong. Maybe we've been misinterpreting it. Maybe the kingdom at that time needed a queen and we don't need it anymore. So his mom dies and he's like, I'm king now, going back to kings. And he's secretly killing off every female uh, in his bloodline, any female who could challenge him from the throne. But he saves his little sister. And by little sister, I mean, she's like 20. And this woman is about to have, there's a lot of setup for this. I'm sorry. This woman is about to have twins and an oracle predicts she's going to have a twin boy and a twin girl. And the oracle sends this prediction to this wizard lady. And it's like, okay, wizard lady, here's what you got to do to set the kingdom right. Because while this king has been ruling, everything's gotten worse. There's still drought and plague and famine and war. Like everything's still terrible. And there's all these whisperings of, I don't think he's right. I think we need to go back to Queens. 
So, <laughs> so it's like, okay, wizard lady, this is what you got to do. There's going to be a twin boy and girl born to this princess. You need to kill the boy and then swap their forms. So what you have is the soul, like the, the, the mind and soul of this baby girl that looks like her brother. So when the king comes to see his new, his sister's babies, he's like, oh yes, a healthy baby boy and a girl that is dead. Hmm. <laughs> Be- because they know that this king, like he spared his little sister. He would not spare any daughters she had. Like he's, he's sympathy for her only went so far. So like he's going to see exactly what he wants to see, exactly what he needs to see. This uh, future queen is under the spell. We're going to raise her as this little boy. And then when the time is right, we're going to undo all the spells. We're going to send her out. She's the queen we've all been waiting for. And she's going to take down this king. Okay. I'm sorry. That was so much set up just to lead into the fact that most of these books are about (laughs) this young prince has no idea what the spell that has been wrought on him has no idea of his true identity uh, okay. it is revealed to him later then he uh, accepts his new identity as his princess as his queen who's about to rule the kingdom but for the bulk of the story it is a young boy prince as he so believes I gotcha. who is learning to be a warrior and learning to navigate court politics which is why these books reminded me of this thing it's really it's like him he's got a squire he's with all these other royal and noble boys and they all have squires so it's just it's just a bunch of boys going through like sword training together and horseback riding together and we're gonna learn battle strategy and we're gonna like you know push the wooden ships across a big map of the kingdom and we're gonna figure out how to wage a war because war is still going on and everybody's so excited like you know, my dad says I might get to join him in battle once I turned 15. <laughs> it's stuff like that. And it is, uh, this is a story that is, uh, it's dark, it is grim, but also has these really fun, heartfelt elements among this this group of kids that are all bonded together, that are trying to be warriors to like have each other's backs. So I know that was a lot gotcha. of setup. But I'm like, if I just say, yeah, it's about like some boys learning to be warriors. I'm like, you have left out major parts of this story. Somebody's going to look this up and they're like, what did she say this book was about again? <laughs> well, I, I, it took a bit, but yes, I can see why yeah. that would be a great recommendation. It gets there. You're going to start reading the book. And you're like, I don't see what this has to do with Arslan. But like when you get more chapters in, you're like, now I'm getting it. Okay. Yeah. This is Arslan-esque. Yeah. Um, if I had to recommend some things, of course you should check out Full Metal Alchemist by the same creator. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Both of the animes are good. I like Brotherhood a lot better. I think uh, that is what most people say, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would also want to recommend Vinland Saga, which oh. is another manga that is like a historical fiction kind of thing. Um, it's based around the Vikings and kind of like the fall of the Vikings and stuff like that, like the establishment of. I don't. I'm not from a, a, across the pond, so just like all of those <laughs> English 
countries and mm. stuff like that. Um, but it's it it is based on historical events and real battles and stuff like that. Okay. But it is it's telling its own story, kind of woven in between that um, uh, about this young boy whose father was a famous Viking captain, uh, and he his father ends up being killed, uh, and then he wants to go get revenge and kill the person that killed his father. But it takes him a lifetime to make mm-hmm. that happen, and in the meantime, he ends up working for the person that killed his father, Ooh. and he knows it, and they know it. Uh, so it's it's just this like just wait one day it's gonna happen one day uh, but it is the the whole like big sprawling story there's all sorts of politics and battles and stuff involved um, so I would say go check out Vinland Saga okay I've 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 read the first couple of volumes of of that we actually covered it on an episode on an old episode of the whatnots podcast uh which was like the first iteration of this show of the review show that's on our website i don't remember what number it was i think it's in the 90s um something like that so you guys can go find that there once you've checked it out but that was good Mm -hmm. that was one that i've been like i need to go back and finish that you've mentioned it before yeah it was good so that would be my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Melissa, next week, yes. we are doing part one, if I'm not mistaken, yep. of our watch through of Mr. Robot. Yeah, this is our next series. We did all of Venture yeah. Brothers across three different episodes. And we're gonna do the we're gonna keep doing this for the foreseeable future. Mr. Robot's our next show, and we're going to do an episode on season one. Just one podcast episode per season is how this mm-hmm. one is working out, because these seasons are a bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. That is what we will do for next week. But, mm-hmm. Melissa, yes. it is your turn to make the pitch for what will happen the week after that. Week after that. So because we have a little bit extra time, uh, I have slightly longer pitches, but... Okay. okay, so I have three film series. We have a set of four, a set of three, or a set of two. So depending on how much spare time you think you're going to have over the next two weeks, how uh, far along you've watched in Mr. Robot, you can pick okay. the amount of movies that feels right for your schedule. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. so And these are all British film series also is how it worked out. So pitch number one, uh, if we were living in timeline A of the year 2020, by now we would have already seen No Time to Die. <laughs> but now we're not going to get to see No Time to Die until November. But I figured we can live vicariously. We can still spend some time with our old friend James Bond. Let's mm-hmm. watch all his movies. Not all his movies to date. <laughs> <laughs> All of Daniel Craig James Bond's movies to date. I thought, since we're not going to see No Time to Die until later this year, where Rami Malek plays the villain, 
uh, star of Mr. Robot. We can watch the James Bond movies and Mr. Robot real close next to each other and pretend like we're watching No Time to Die. Okay. Fair enough. So, Good stuff. So, so pitch number one is the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. This is Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre. Cool. Mm-hmm. Pitch number three is a, a more loosely collected series of films. This is not a shared narrative, but it is a shared creative team. This is what is known as the Cornetto Trilogy. These are the three films directed by Edgar Wright, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The End of the World. Gotcha. They call these the Cornetto Trilogy because that's the name of like a um, an ice cream cone snack, like a drumstick over in England, and somebody's eating one in every one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a okay. running joke so the name for this collective series of films is the cornetto trilogy but yeah there's no it's not a continuous narrative but it's the same creative team the same sort of style and these three films are all a takeoff of a genre uh Shaun of the dead is a romantic comedy set during a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a takeoff on horror movies hot fuzz is a a takeoff on action movies where this uh, the police officer who is so good at his job that he is making everybody else in his uh, post in the city look bad, that they send him to the tiniest, quietest country town to get him out of their hair. And then he uncovers a giant conspiracy. And it's like, like the greatest. Geese. <laughs> it's like he's going to send you away so you don't make us look bad. But yeah, it, it ends up being the greatest action story of his life in the sleepy little <laughs> British cottage town. And then the end of the world, uh, this one, I, I've, I've seen all of these, but some of them I've just seen like once each. And the end of the world is about two, it's about these old college buddies that are reuniting and they're going to go on a pub crawl through all of the pubs in their hometown the final pub of which is named The End of the World. And they've never made it. They've tried every couple years for their whole lives. They've never made it to the end of the pub crawl without just getting completely blackout drunk. Uh, right. But they're they're dedicated. They're like, we're going to get to the end of the pub crawl. And then there's some sci-fi problem that they encounter. <laughs> I forget what it is in this movie, which is why I'm excited to see it. I know I've seen it before. I know I like it. Okay. I don't remember much of it. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. I hope that gets the point across. Are you familiar with these movies? I've heard of the first two of them. I actually haven't oh. seen any of them. Okay. They're fun. I've I've heard very good things about Hot Fuzz. That is a mm. lot of people's like one of their top ten like funniest movies. <laughs> these movies are excellent. And I thought this would be a fun pitch because Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are a well known comedy duo. And we've seen both of these actors on our show before separately. <laughs> I thought it was sure. time to unite them. <laughs> <laughs> and pitch number three. So we had a series of four movies, series of three movies. So this is one movie and its sequel. It is another one of Britain's finest heroes. It's Paddington the Bear. Oh, man. Kyle, we could watch Paddington and Paddington 2. Movies that have been very highly critically acclaimed like i have not seen any of these yet i don't know what the situation is but everything i have heard from everyday people and from like film critics of all kinds are like these movies 
are excellent. I think Paddington 2 came out in like 2018 and it was uh, on so many top 10 lists at the end of 2018. I think it is one of the highest rated movies to ever be on Rotten Tomatoes. And I need to know what the heck the story is about these. I'm right there with you. I think that is the one I need to pick because <laughs> we, we gotta find I haven't out what Paddington seen them is. either. And I just everyone is just they 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 speak like the Lucentanian soldiers. Like yes! he's the best. You must Paddington believe in is Paddington. God. All will convert to Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, yeah, let's watch both of the Paddington movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to pitch these for forever. I same. What are they? How are they this good? Like I remember seeing the Why trailers. Why is Gamora? <laughs> I remember seeing the trailers. I'm like, this looks cute. This looks really charming and like a fun yeah. time for the whole family. And then to find out it's this is one of the greatest films of the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to check these out because I, I, yeah, Hmm. these are not something I would normally go see or pay attention to. And Mm -hmm. it just, it it was so strange to hear so many people just being like, but no, these are actually really good movies. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, I believe you. It it just kept happening and it was just like, God, what did I miss out on? (laughs) So I'm excited for that yeah uh just to recap next week season one of mr robot is what we will be covering uh and then the week after that uh the two paddington movies Uh, two paddington be be excited for all of that yeah two paddington too furious too too furry yeah (laughs) (laughs) there you go uh melissa where can yes. people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to stay up to date with our show, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, go like, share, subscribe. Go follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash The Whatnots. Uh, we could absolutely use your help on that. Yeah, uh, tune in with us. Because we don't have... have very many followers on there mm. so go go help us out we would appreciate that a ton uh but with that said this has been episode 103 of the whatnots review show we will see you guys next week bye bye <laughs>